This is Wales. Bangor, Newport, Carmarthen, Rill, Bill's Wells, Norpeth, Aberdeer, Port Madog, Colgan, Regent, Aberavon, Wrexham, Merthyr, Neat. This is Wales. Hello and welcome to the latest Welsh Connections interview show. Today I'm joined by Danny Horowitz, who at the moment is over in Toronto, Canada. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. I know we've exchanged a bunch of emails back and forth, and uh, I'm really glad we got to make this happen. Greetings from Toronto. One, two, three, four. When I blinked and found the morning and saw the dark, Juxtaposed against the sun Then exposed It's just a night that's come and gone And I know I'm moving on Where I'd gone I'd lost direction Couldn't see my own reflection Standing still but many miles I found myself after a while In the bright Morning light And all my haunting memories They do not mean a thing to me They faded and I know I lost my marbles But I kept my promise too I met the night As the paper it is written on And I was played As only fools and mother nature's many sons Can say the same Who awake cannot remember Longing for the wild fever Dreams that in the moment broke them them till at last awoken, realized They're still alive And all my haunting memories, they do not mean a thing to me They faded and I know I lost my marbles But I kept my promise too, I met the night, saw it Has slowed its beating When you've paused your overthinking When you've stopped your search for meaning Then you find 
you've cleared your mind And all my haunting memories, they do not mean a thing to me They faded and I know I lost my marbles But I kept my promise too, I met the night and saw it through enough because of course we've we've all gone through this awful pandemic and lockdown and it's great to finally see you sitting there in your home yeah it's it's nice to be here this is actually where the music uh, magic happens i write a lot of my songs here and i do my home demos here on this laptop where i'm talking to you so a lot of time spent at home i hope i i spent it well putting together a whole bunch of demos which then we used in the recording studio and now i've got this album coming up before we talk about the, the new album three times that's three right times, before we chat about that because we will cover it we're going to be playing songs from it throughout the show can you tell me how you first got into music yeah oh boy I've, I've loved music all my life so my uh my grandfather who was a, a watchman or a, sorry a watch repairman uh by trade eventually gave up his jewelry store in montreal when he got robbed too many times and opened a, a franchise of a record store called sam the record man and so when i was a, a child he had that store my father had worked there when he was younger and so we had all these records in the house growing up Combined with the fact that my dad had this acoustic guitar and I have three brothers and he would like sit me and my brothers as kids down, you know, in, in his bedroom and he'd play these, these, uh, these songs, you know, a lot of old Beatles songs, that kind of thing. And I just, I just really loved listening to music. I loved listening to vinyl. I loved listening to oldies. And I picked up the guitar myself around 14 and just, you know, took off from there. That just sounds, I'm, I was so jealous when you were saying that about working in a record shop because that is like the dream job, isn't it? It is. I mean, it, it you know, my grandfather uh, retired the store before I ever got into the working force and we had moved from Montreal to Toronto long before then, but I can only imagine it must have been a lot of fun for my dad as a, you know, as a, as a young man to be working in the store and uh, now record shops are back. They're back in vogue. And I, and I love going down to my local record stores and, and seeing what's in the discount bin or seeing what's, what's new and cool. One more day to tomorrow A minute since yesterday Three months soon will follow The seasons never stay Where were we last autumn? We were strangers in the spring Now that snow has fallen strangers once again the world was built by the curious and broke by the ones who are born in time the seasons may ruin us and take all that we adored paint all your pictures and 
sing all your songs Energies change as stories reframe Forget all your reasons and right all your wrongs The more things change, the less they stay the same The world was built by the curious And broke by the ones who are bored In time the seasons may ruin us And take all that we adored influence back then and to this day remains the Beatles. Just before we started recording, you and I were talking about it. I'm just a monster Beatles fan. I love their music and, and I love learning about them and I love listening to all the different cuts and tracks and takes and really exploring that music. So that was the number one influence. After that, it's just a lot of the great singer-songwriters from the very subsequent era. So, you know, your Billy Joels and your your Eagles and your Creedence Clearwater Revival. I love the singer-songwriters. Bob Dylan. We got a Canadian, Leonard Cohen, who you must know, he might be the greatest lyricist ever. And I, I love his sound. And so people like that is who I was really listening to. Essentially, if you are a baby boomer and you're familiar with all the top 40 hits from 1960s to you know the late 70s, that's who, I'm, that's who I grew up listening to as well. Um, I would say that of the recording acts that I was listening to that were current in the 90s when I was actually a kid, uh, it was probably the Bare Naked Ladies. They were a big influence of mine. And Weird Al Yankovic, uh, strangely enough, I just thought he was great. And I still do. Do you know, I've, I've not heard Weird Al Yankovic for a number of years, but I can remember things like Eat It. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Eat It. Uh, the, the whole Alapalooza album, which had Jurassic Park on it, was amazing. A couple of years ago, he actually went on tour and he brought a full uh, orchestra with him. He called it the Strings Attached Tour. And it was really cool to see all those uh, great songs, the parody songs live. And of course, Bernie Ladies, they still tour. They actually did a whole... Uh, Christmas show here in Toronto. They had a, a residence at one of the theaters, so I went with friends, and it was awesome. They're the best. I'm a I'm a big fan of the Bare Naked Ladies. A huge a huge fan. If I'm I'm quite jealous again now. That's the second time you've made me jealous. It's not a good start to the show. I'm really sorry about that. Actually, one of my sort of prized possessions a friend gave to me for my birthday last year. Somehow he had some connection to the band, 
And he had sitting uh, in a file folder, an old picture signed by the whole band, including Stephen Page. This is going back a ways when he was still in the band. And so that's just kind of a cool piece of music history to have that little, you know, autographed uh, memorabilia from, from the full band when they were all five of them. They're still great with just four, though. He climbed up the mountain to a temple in the sky, and he saw the world down below. The streets were filled with the singing of people, and the rivers and the forests were peaceful. The temple was golden, with a gold lion in front, and a sign hanging clear round its neck. It said, don't bother coming, you won't find what you're looking for. But the man said, I need to see for myself. Inside the temple, the stained glass was shattered, and no one was around to be questioned. The wallpaper was torn and the scrolls were ripped. The idols were smashed and the paintings defamed. Blood from the ceiling dripped down to the floor. In coincidence, spelling God never was. to the balcony to see the world down below the rivers the forest and the people but the people weren't singing they were crying out in pain and nature wasn't peaceful it was dead a choice he now faced to return to the world or remain inside the battered temple So I, I left Montreal when I was a kid, but I did go back to Montreal for school, for university, where I studied literature, and it was awesome. They had a ton of bars. There was a bar on Saint Laurent, I think it was called Le Swimming, and they would bring all these acts. Um, but they also have like a, an enormous, it's also a world-class city. So I remember seeing, I was writing for the school newspaper for the arts and entertainment section, and I was lucky enough to go and see Brian Adams in concert. And at the time I was like, I think I know a couple of his songs. And then I go to see him in concert. And it's like, I not only know every single song, but I know the words to every single song. And I guess I had just forgotten how much of a fan everybody is of that guy. And it was, it was great. But, but for, as for the local scene, Montreal is just a super hub of culture. There's a ton of local artists uh, going to open mic nights or having small shows. There's a ton of visual artists uh, down in the plateau. I love Montreal. There's, uh, festivals every week in the summertime. So although Toronto's my home, and I do think Toronto probably has the edge these days as far as great Canadian cities uh, and maybe as far as worldly cities, Montreal is nothing to be sneezed at. And if any of your listeners ever want to come to Canada, 
I highly recommend checking it out. The food scene is amazing. The music scene is amazing. You, you spoke about being a, a huge music fan. You know, you spoke about the Beatles and, and all the other bands that, that you mentioned. How did you make the transition from being a music fan to a music creator? So I started playing the guitar at 14, picked up my dad's guitar, mostly to Beatles books. You know, the, the books, like we have this uh, piano book, but inside you see the chords for the guitar. That's basically how I, how I learned to do it. And in high school, I had this friend, uh, Stuart. He was a phenomenal guitarist and singer-songwriter. And, I, and we, we, we would jam sometimes. We'd play some songs. And he kind of looked at me at one time and said, you know, I don't really know that many songs anymore because I just play my own stuff. And I thought, you can write your own music? He was like, sure. Now, he was a lot better than I was. But, you know, I gave it a go. And I started playing around with chords, writing my own terrible songs. And when I got to university, I studied literature. And then it all kind of came together because I would sit there fiddling around on my guitar with different chord progressions, writing poems, putting them together. And eventually I did the same thing. And I hardly ever play any other songs by other artists now, unless I'm warming up. So when you, you, talk, you spoke about forming and creating your own songs, yeah. how does it start for you? I mean, is it literally just fiddling about on the guitar and you come up with something that works for you? Or do you start with the lyrics first? Mostly it's me noodling around on the guitar. It's just finding some chord progressions. How does it make me feel? What are some words? What are some lines coming around? I'll write them down. I'll hum it to myself. And then eventually something will form. And then later I'll fill in the words as I play it over the next couple of days or so on. Sometimes I will have, because I'll write poems or write things down that come to my mind. And sometimes I'll have that. And then I'll bring it with me to the guitar. I'd say most of the time I start with the music. I also picked up the piano. You can see here just behind me. Um, I'm not... I'm not really good at any instruments, but but what I can do is play the chords and bringing the chords on the piano is very different than the guitar because of the shapes your hand make. And I think that introduces a new layer. And so anytime I learn a new technique on one of these instruments, or if I pick up any kind of new instrument, it adds a new layer to, wh to where I start. But generally I'll start with the, with the music. Close your eyes and feel my face And take me in your warm embrace The fears inside will always show But hear the only truth I know The shadows will not find you in the dark City boys and city girls And sleepless nights of city thrills of wild desires but promises won't keep you warm tonight Our worst fears if we're being true are growing old and feeling through with faded dreams we never kept and broken lives and hearts that wept but our worst fears are shadows in the dark
so where does the inspiration come from? I mean, the single "Moving On" that was the lead single from the, from the album. Where does the inspiration, or where did the inspiration come from for that? Well, two different answers. There's that song, and then there's generally. Generally, I'm just a storyteller. I love stories, and I love the meaning that you, as a reader or listener, get out of the stories. When I hear a Beatles song or a Bob Dylan song or a Leonard Cohen song, I don't think it's really happening to them. I just see the story in my mind and that's where I come from. But also I acknowledge that a lot of times people do write personal songs. Whenever I try to write a personal song, nine out of 10 times, it's either no good or it's good. But then once I finished it, I'm like, well, I don't need to play this anymore because I've exercised whatever demon, you know, I've gotten. But if I can take a personal experience, start from a place of truth emotionally that I know, then I can create a song that's enough arm's length. It's not about me, but I can still make it interesting lyrically. Moving on, exception to the rule, is actually a song that I wrote after a breakup, a couple of weeks, or I don't know, a couple of days, however, however long time it was after a breakup where I was feeling really down on myself. I woke up feeling good. I had my cup of coffee. I was looking out the window and I was like, what is this feeling? Oh, I'm feeling good. Let me write this down. And I grabbed my phone and I, and I wrote down um, all these haunting memories. They do not mean a thing to me. They faded. And I know I lost my marbles. And I thought that's good. I have no idea what I can rhyme with that or if I need to rhyme with it, but where do I go from here? So that's actually a case where I had the lyrics. And then um, when I went to the guitar, started just jamming until something worked. And from that, I built the rest of the song. And you say you, you record your demos at home. How do you build it? Is it just you playing on the demos? Do you get friends in? Yeah, Moving On is a really good example of, of this where I got, I recorded uh, first on my phone, my iPhone, so I can get a sense of the, just the tempo, the pacing where I think it should be. Then I've got this MacBook Pro here and a professional mic and Logic Pro X. I'll record, you know, um, mostly with the guitar or the piano and I'll add in some synthetic sounds. Then I will have a demo that I've created at home, send it to my producer along with a suite of other songs. So I might send him like 25 or 30 or however many songs. He'll put together his favorite 10. And if I have one that I really want to substitute in, I'll throw that in there. Like for the first album, Free Times, I was insistent that Free Tonight, which is one of my favorite songs I wrote when I was a teenager, should be on the album. And it's very similar. And that song is very similar to how I originally constructed it. Moving on, very different. We actually, it's the rare case where instead of making it faster, we dropped it down just a hair. We added in stomps and claps. We added in a bunch of accordions and made it sound a lot more like a pub song rather than, you know, a one man folksy kind of sound. I mean, it's still folksy, but it's a different kind of, of uh, folk rock, I think. And so it's, it ends up being super collaborative just because I wrote the song and just because my name is on it doesn't mean that that's the full story. You know, I bring what I bring, the producer brings what he brings, the musical collaborators bring what they bring. And then finally you as a listener are the most important piece because if you connect with it, then it means something to you totally different. It sounds like a very organic process almost. And as you say, very collaborative. How, mu- how much leeway do you give the producer? I, I, guess. I try to give them plenty. One of my great skills in life is time management. Uh, I've been lucky that way. And so right now I've got a bunch of songs that I need to record. Uh, once the album, this current album is out, I'm going to, and, and I'm going to put a demo, a bunch of demos together. I'll send them to him probably the end of June, beginning of July. My producer Calvin and I will talk about which are the, are the best 10 to use for a future album. And then how many of those 25 songs are actually any good are there like 13 songs, 12 songs, so I can get a head start on the next suite? Uh, then we'll record them from, uh, you know, around December till uh, sometime in the spring. We do bass and drums. Then we add the instrumentation. Then we add the vocals. And once we get to the vocals, we don't go as furious a pace. So I'm going into the studio next week 
to do some vocal work on the second set of songs, which will be out later this year and then next year. And the suite of songs I'm recording at home for this summer will be recording starting next winter for the following year. So it's, it's all about having a pipeline. So I'm giving him a lot of leeway. I'm getting him used to having a long schedule. And part of the joy is is having these relationships and having this collaboration. So for me, I'm happy to have these little touch points throughout the year where I just have a lot of fun talking with the producers, thinking about what we could do with it long before we ever actually get in the studio. I loved you all my naked life I loved you from afar I loved you for your sorrow I loved you for your scar I loved it when we passed Every wave from you Each smile Every call But I hated Every day with you Your beauty and your youth Was jealous of your love For me I couldn't stand The truth That I only loved You from afar you up the seven angels played their hallowed horns you plucked my strings i put you down and cursed you when you knew the chords in the dark you failed to see the light that wasn't there long-term plan you've certainly got your business head on which yeah. a lot of a lot of acts don't seem to don't seem to have they, they fall down at that point it's like make the music oh what do we do now i don't know if there's something that you really love that you want to do you have to carve out the time to do it uh you can have all the passion in the world you can have all the heart in the world but if you want to do it you got to do it and to do that you got to set aside the time and you have to do it with intention speaking about plans and music and, and i guess once the album is finished and you've got it out there it's the whole marketing side of things yeah how do you feel the music business has changed over the last few years for a musician well for me it's 
been kind of a net benefit because I went from being a guy who was really a weekend warrior, just going to open mic nights around the city or maybe the occasional concert. Now, because of the pandemic, I really focused myself and dedicated myself to this album. And because it's a world where anybody can do it, it democratizes it to a certain extent. I can, for far less relative as a cost compared to like 1970, go in, record an album, have it sound professional, have it sound great, have it sound exactly as I want it. And then I can put it out there in the world. And that side of it, the creative side of it, the studio side of it is the best it's ever been. From a marketing standpoint, it's so tough, almost impossible that the best thing I can do is is, uh, have a cycle that makes me happy the way I described to you, or I write them, I record them, I send them, I, I produce them as I want to, and then have very little expectation. You know, there's the... There are some people who love my music. There, there are people who haven't heard my music and when they do, they like it. And there's people who will never, ever, ever hear from me. And I just have to live with that because the exchanges, I get to do it. I get to, I, I, I get to go through the motions of it. Whereas maybe I might not otherwise, or maybe to do this, I would have had to have struggled on people's couches for 15 years playing, you know, no, you know, shows on the road for, for many, many years. It is funny about the the music business. I heard Ed Sheeran talk about, the the streaming and he he was making the point that while streaming really democratizes it because anybody uh, can become famous and all you have to, you know, and it really shows that the cream rises to the top. And that is true, but only to a very limited extent. If you're Ed Sheeran and you're putting your name on a song, it's going to be thrown to the top of the algorithms, no matter what, if what he really wanted to do was see how good his songs were is he should either record them under a different name and not use a label and see what happens or write a song, give it to someone that nobody's ever heard of with an even completely different voice that maybe the algorithms in the Spotify microphones can't pick up and then see how well it does. So people who are already famous do have a leg up, but if the point is to put a smile on the faces of the people who are able to hear it, then I think it's, you know, the best as it's, that it's ever been as long as you can manage your expectations. I, I totally agree with what you say there. I think you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, my issue with streaming is the payments that artists get. It, it's so difficult yeah. to earn a living as a musician these days, isn't it? It, it is. If you want to earn a living as a musician, you really have to go on tour. You really have to sell uh, tickets. It's the opposite the way it used to be. Tours used to support the albums. Now albums support the the, the tours. I, who don't really have any plans to, to tour, I'm okay taking the hit and just putting my music out there and building a fan base, having people listen to it. That's what I really want to do. And, and occasionally I will do a show or I'll have a show. The point of it isn't to to make a living, but I'm fortunate that way. You know, I, I sit here in Toronto and I, I have a good job and I was lucky that through people, I met collaborators who were willing to work with me and I, I can put all of my extra disposable income and all of my heart and my passion and my free time into this. The people who, and, and treat it like a full-time job where I just essentially have two full-time jobs and this is my life and I love it. But for people who don't have that option, it can be really tough. If you're an independent artist with an independent label behind you and you're doing this full time and you have to be on the road 200 days a year just to scratch out a decent living, you barely have time to write songs. That's, that's who it's really, really tough for. And, uh, and uh, you know, what, what else can I say except that to your listeners, try to listen to as many indie artists as you can and make them your favorite, put them in your regular rotation. In the mirror you are Twice as far 
from yourself as from everybody else. You have inside a feeling's eye that sees what no one else will. Now find someone who takes you as you then what can we expect i know we've been hearing tracks throughout this interview but what what can we expect from the well, album? i think that i think that in a way you've never heard my music before but in a way it's kind of like um, a greatest hits album for me because i had so many songs that i'd put up there some of which couldn't be put on some of which were trash and weren't going to be put on anyway some of which have made it into you know future considerations it's a collection of my favorite songs Many of which were written during the pandemic, many of which were written the other, you know, during the, the many, many years that I spent leading up uh, to the pandemic. What you can expect, I think, is, is uh, folk rock. Um, we set with, uh, with, some, with different styles of folk rock. So a couple of pub songs, a couple of more rock songs, a couple of more bluesy songs. 
I have a voice that you're either going to like or you're not going to like, but it's going to be me. There's going to be some clever lyrics. Moving on uh, has some allusions to Shakespeare in it. Um, there's a couple of rhymes uh, throughout that I'm pretty proud of. Towards the end of the album, there's a couple of songs that really speak about existential dread. Nothing Ever Ends is a sarcastic song about keeping your ego in check. Um, inspired in part by the poem Ozymandias by Percy Bysshelley. Its counterpart is Temple in the Sky, a song that I had written when I was 20 years old, years before I ever came up with Nothing Ever Ends, which is about the experience of moving from innocence to experience as told with religious symbology. That was me as a young man just trying to mimic uh, Leonard Cohen's writing style. And a lot of the songs from that era did not make it the cut, but because my eldest brother loved that song, we I, I, I thought it would be really important to include and People hear it really like it. And then finally passing through, which has a lullaby quality to it. Same message. All you have is the moment. One day you're going to die. So really take care of the people who are are all around you. That's the end of the album. The rest of the song is more traditional songs about, about love and about loss and about life, about taking care of yourself. This side of the looking glass is all about the importance of self-care uh, as the foundation before you can go and find someone who really cares about you and you can grow together. Free Tonight is just an unabashedly romantic song about the importance of finding one great person rather than chasing all the world. Seasons Change is about how sometimes it doesn't work between two people, but you can still care about the other and hope that they stay true to who they are. And uh, Care For You is this sort of sweet ditty that ended up becoming a gross roadhouse bass slap heavy kind of song. I think it's pretty diverse for the folk sound that I'm going for. There's a lot of stuff in there. And I hope that it's all close enough in each other thematically that if you love singer songwriters, if you love your Billy Joel's and your Elton John's and your Bob Dylan's and Leonard Cohen's, you're going to like my sound. And if you have a very specific type of folk music that you like or rock music that you like, you might like one or two things in there. a promise I can't make I'm not gonna lead a brand new life I probably won't change my ways but I care for you you know I do and I'm there for you if you want me to people are born upon a stage
just imagined that you were going to put out your album, and now that you've got the finished product, how does what you imagined in your head compare to what what we're sitting with today as an album? Did it has it met your expectations? You're obviously very happy with it. I would say it's exceeded my expectations. I'm trying I'm trying to think of a good of like a good analogy where yes, you can make the comparison, but there's not even really a comparison, you know, because I wasn't sure where my home demos would go. And I wasn't sure if I would just end up with a better version of those demos. Um, And in some cases, like in the case of free tonight, it kind of is that, although they added so much sparkle with the other instruments and the mixing and the mastering that it's also world better. And in some cases, like with uh, nothing ever ends or moving on or, especially Care For You and uh, This Side of the Looking Glass, which ended up being quite different than I originally conceived them. Totally different and way better. And now the recordings that I hear having done the studio work inform the way that I actually play them and perform them. I, I couldn't be more thrilled and I couldn't be more enthused. And as, and as proud as I am of the work, the thing that I really am is, is just excited at the endless possibilities that I didn't even know existed because I had shied away from getting in the studio. <laughs> The most of time, for once it's past, it's always gone. I made the most of all my time, but nonetheless it's done. They told me to be careful, because if not, then I would die. And so I lived a careful life. Anyway, I'll die All we ever really have Is who we leave behind Memory is a baton So share the things you find They told me make each moment count I practiced what they preached I have counted all my maker I'll still meet all we ever really know is that there's nothing more so take or get but give it all or else what's it all for Fed and your, and your association with them? 
Yeah. Well, my publicist, uh, Eric Alper, who I should mention, who's the best, uh, he introduced me to these to this organization and they have partnered uh, partnered with some charities and they have a, a setup with a number of artists, music or otherwise, where after uh, where the proceeds from sales goes back to uh, feed uh, the needy. So for every album that I sell, 10 meals get donated to hungry families in Canada and all around the world. And I think it's a really great initiative. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to be associated with that. So I have a Bandcamp link. Again, you can go to Bandcamp slash Danny Horvitz, buy the album and uh, feed, feed 10 families. That's just something that I like to mention because it's an organization I'm proud to be associated with. My primary goal here is just to have people listen to my music, get my help me get off the ground. I have a lot more music on the way. And so if you like my sound, um, listen to it and you're, you can expect a lot more in the years ahead. You don't want to be alone right now. You are trying to make a choice. You tremble slightly and you're looking down. And I can hear it in your voice Look at me, he won't be coming back I know because I feel the same But you and I are warm and here and now Can't tell me you don't feel the flame Be my baby tonight Just be my baby tonight Close your eyes and dream of someone else Till the morning light What the morning brings we cannot say But it isn't yet the dawn And in the darkness you still have a friend To help you through and carry on Now look at me, he won't be coming back but you are stronger than you know And though you say you need my company My secret is I need you more So be my baby tonight Just be my baby tonight Close your eyes and dream of someone else Until the morning light But be my baby tonight my baby tonight I need to feel your hand against my cheek I need to wake up by your side against my heart and let the rhythm be a lullaby to help your weariness depart be my baby tonight just be my baby tonight be my baby tonight please be my baby tonight 
Hey, Danny, we absolutely love the album. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We wish you every success with the album and the future. And we look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I hope we can connect again and talk again. Just in case your listeners are are interested, you can find me pretty much everywhere. I'm most active on Instagram at Danny Horowitz. Also, obviously, if you have Spotify or Apple Music, just search for me, follow me, connect with me. I'd love as many people as possible to hear my music. And if it if it really connects with them, let me know. And that's Danny with one N. Danny with one N, Horowitz with a V. D-A-N-Y-H-O-R-O-V-I-T-Z. <laughs> for me and you and everyone we know and everything we do nothing ever stays the sun becomes the moon the things we think we hate always end too soon all of it nothing but wasted time human race except for all the world and all its glory you think you can escape that you will find a way but no one ever does and that's the story all of it nothing but wasted time Wasted time. Oh.
Meet 